Okay, we're going to look back at some of the things that have happened in this industry over the last couple of weeks, month or so. Jim Gould is with us, the president of the Floor Covering Institute. And Jim, always great to talk with you. Hello, Dave. Hope you had great holidays. I did, an absolutely great holiday, and I hope you did as well. Yes, wonderful. It's always sunny in Southern California. Oh, yes. Well, it seems like it was sunny and warm just about everywhere else as well, it seems. Yes, you're right. I've got a list of things in no particular order, except the way I thought them up, I guess. And the first thing on my list is engineered floors, and they're merging with J&J. A heck of a story, and I guess engineered floors never ceases to amaze this industry. What do you? What's your take? Well, or Mr. Shaw never ceases to amaze this <laughs> industry. Uh, he's made bold moves his whole life. I think engineered floors is probably one of the uh, most interesting stories that we've had in a long time in this industry. And uh, they were growing and obviously wanted a presence in the commercial market. So J&J, long-established name, gave them that opportunity. I believe that uh, Mr. Shaw is uh, one of the investors in Dixie. It might have been an interesting fit there, but uh, J&J obviously got the nod. And I think uh, it's just one more step forward for his company. Well, that would be an interesting move. You mentioned Dixie. Um, that would be sort of a reverse, what do they call that? It would, it, it would take them public. And I don't know whether that's a thing that Mr. Shaw would look at as positive or negative. Right. No, I think that what we've seen uh, for the last five years in the industry has been uh, consolidation people expanding by getting into markets that they haven't been in before, whether it was multiple products by a single product manufacturer or whatever. But I think this is just an expansion for engineered floors to be established in the commercial market right. as, as well as a nice residential business, but uh, a market that he's not really already in. So I, I uh, think it sounds like, on the face, a very intelligent um, expansion. Oh, it sounds like it, and I'm 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 wondering the synergies. Um, maybe you can help us out there. The synergies uh, between the two companies, obviously commercial, residential, um, uh, engineered uh, extrudes both polyester and nylon. What what sort of synergies do you see uh, with these two companies? Well, with engineered floors going into solution dyed nylon and re revamping that fiber as they have with polyester, I think that opens the whole commercial market question. And without a presence in that market, this gives them immediate access, um, brand name recognition, everything else. So yeah, I, I think there are synergies there. And of course, back office synergies are always uh, there in a, in a merger if it's handled properly, and I'm sure it will be. Well, it's interesting, too, just the culture of both companies, both family-owned, both of them North Georgia people, been there for years and years, and very, very similar. Right. Very focused on carpet. Exactly right. So do you see other, other possible acquisitions in the future? By engineered floors? Um, well, if you look at all of the carpet-only people or... Uh, look at Armstrong without carpet, I think everybody's looking to offer a, a wide portfolio. And I think it's one of the things that made Mohawk 
such a tremendous success, and everyone from Tarkat to Shaw to uh, the other majors have followed that lead. So uh, I do think that there will be expansion and, um, of all of the major companies to round out their portfolio. So that would make outfits like Interface uh, attractive, would you think, to, to others? I think Interface has always been very attractive to companies uh, uh, I, until Mohawk and Shaw really started focusing on carpet tile. They were looking at Interface and Tandis, which was eventually picked up by Tarquette, um, as being nice acquisitions that would get them established in the carpet tile market. When Tandis was picked up by Tarquette, uh, or actually a little bit before that, I think Mohawk and Shaw just said, this is a category we have to really focus on ourselves. And they have since uh, invested tremendously. Shaw even built a plant in China to service that market. So, um, yeah, I think that all of these uh, uh, companies are, are trying to expand their reach and their offering to make sure that no one's left behind. So it'll be interesting to see how they react to this going forward or what are the possible acquisitions that could take place going forward. Interesting. Right. And so an interface, uh, um, which is a single product manufacturer and and really focused on a niche, um, is a tremendous opportunity for some companies, although I think that opportunity door closed when Mohawk and Shaw made the investments they already did in developing their own. But people like Armstrong. It would be a perfect fit for Armstrong if the price were right and Armstrong had the cash. Um, so there's always been speculation there. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Now, I see that the merged companies, according to some estimates, are now the third largest in the carpet business with sales of $625 million and they employ combined about 2,500 employees. At least that's the numbers that I've seen. Does that sound reasonable? Yeah, yeah, I would say so, and that makes them a significant player. That's for sure. That's for sure. Well, we'll be watching, and I guess nobody is amazed anymore at what Engineered Floors and Mr. Shaw has done and will do going forward. I agree. I agree. It's fun to watch. Boy, that's for sure. And who would have ever thought... uh, four, five, six, eight years ago that there would even be another uh, carpet company in this business, let alone one that has changed things as much as this one has. That's that's one of the things that makes this so fun, just when you think everything's set and you've reached the end of uh, growth and progress, someone comes up with something new. So this is this has been uh, my hats off to, to Bob Shaw and what he's done and the whole engineered uh, Floors group, management group, they've done great. And and he has assembled a really, a really t- talented team. I have to imagine anybody in the industry would be thrilled to, to work there. Yeah, I, I think uh, they probably don't get their uh, due respect, and, and I probably was one of those just a minute ago when I keep focusing on Bob Shaw because he's clearly the mind behind all of this, and uh, uh, you know, hats off to all of them, though. They've done a great job. Well, that's for sure. Let me change the subject. Lumber liquidators. We've talked about that with the uh, airing of the piece on 60 Minutes and all of the 
uh, all of the events that took place after that with their stock falling, I don't know, somewhere in the range of 80%, I guess. And we're seeing some new chapters being written. Up, update us on the way you see this whole story up to this well, point. They resolved the Lacey Act violation issue, which was a, um, admission to a felony uh, with no, um, what is a predetermined uh, whatever uh, yeah. guilt. But um, they, that at least is a chapter that's been written and it's over for them. But they still have a lot of unresolved issues with CARB, with um, insider trading, with uh, um, uh, false labeling about CARB in states in other states like Florida. And so it's going to be years before all of this is resolved. In the meantime, they have changed management. Um, you could say they changed management or they didn't because the CEO now is uh, a past member of the board for the last 10 years. So whether or not he's, he's a breath of fresh air from the outside or an insider just promoted is something that only time will tell. But the company... Uh, obviously from its admission on, on Lacey and some other things had problems and they've now admitted them and they have charted a new course so whether they can resurrect this uh, uh, huge retailer, it's the largest retailer of wood flooring I believe in the U.S. that um, it, it's, it's just time's going to tell so we'll all sit back and wait and watch them play through these lawsuits and how they um uh, navigate that along with redirecting the company. And I think that's one of the keys is that uh, their business plan in the past has just been open more stores, open more stores. But I think, and they've tried things like commercial, international, um, uh, new home construction, and uh, they really, uh, even ceramic, they have not been overly successful in redirecting the business, the original business plan. So I'm curious what this new CEO is going to do with the company, and that'll be uh, interesting to watch. Well, it's interesting, and I guess the, the the fact, as you mentioned, that he's been on the board all this time, um, I don't know. I wouldn't bet on there being a whole lot of dramatic change. You don't know if he was a dissenter on the board yeah, uh, trying to change the company for the last 10 years or if he was one of the people that helped execute or helped endorse the plan that they've been on. So uh, I, there's no question I, I've heard him speak, and he is going to change the direction of the company, he says, but hasn't really identified how he's going to do that uh, in, in, in any, any detail other than he's going to change the culture of the company. I see. Well, I guess, uh, I guess that's a no-brainer, isn't it? But uh, I guess we'll see. This is going to conclude the first part of a three-part series. We're talking with Jim Gould, the president of the Floor Covering Institute. We'll air part two of this series tomorrow. This is Floor Radio.